going on folks? My name's George Gamble from Premier Sports Plays and SBR Sports Picks. I'm back again to talk you through Monday's games in Euro 2020 as the third round of matches gets underway. In this particular video, I'm going to be running the rule over the games taking place throughout Monday. But before we dive into the details, what I want to know is, who's been the most surprising team to you, either good or bad, throughout this Euro so far? Let me know in the comments below. Also, please pop the video a like and give it a subscribe because it really does help out the page. And don't forget to hit that bell so that you get notified whenever we release a new video here on Mayo Media Network because you don't want to miss them. But first, we're going to Bucharest as Ukraine go head-to-head -head with Austria. Now, it's an exciting game for me personally. Um, I am looking forward to it. Ukraine are on the brink of progressing from the European Championship group stage for the first time in their history after beating North Macedonia 2-1 ending a run of six consecutive losses at this tournament. Um, Ukraine have only lost one of their previous eight matches in all competitions with three wins and four draws, and they also bagged over 1.5 goals in each of their last three matches. You know, Shevchenko's side, they'll finish second in Group C if they can avoid defeat here in their first ever competitive meeting with Austria, and the tournament hasn't been dull for them, thanks to an exciting average of four goals in total per game. I've been very impressed with Shevchenko so far. Now, when he was a player, he knew how to get the better of the defenders that he was up against in order to score goals. And as a manager, he's shown that tactical that tactical nous um, to give his side every chance of getting a result. And Andrei Yarmolenko, he scored four of Ukraine's last eight goals, so he's a key player. He needs six more to equal his manager's national record of 48 goals. So it's going to be a big occasion for him, and he'll be hoping he can get on that score sheet. Um, you know, Ukraine, they might be inclined to go with the same side that uh, defeated North Macedonia last time out. Alexander Zubkov uh, remains a doubt after missing the win at the back end of last week. So Atalanta's Ruslan Malinovsky could continue in attack as a result. Looking a bit further into Austria, a win for them here would see them leapfrog Ukraine into that second spot. Um, but they were exceptionally poor in that clash with the Netherlands just a few days ago despite you know, the fact they did see the lion's share of possession, but even though they saw most of the ball, they didn't do a lot with it, and they registered just 0.72 XG, you know, expected goals, compared to 3.53 expected goals against, uh, you know, registered from the chances that were created. So it's all well and good having the ball, but if you're not going to do anything with it, you're not going to cause teams problems, as we saw against the Netherlands. Um, looking at the team news for them, as I said, they were extremely poor in that defeat to the Netherlands. Um, and, you know, manager Franco Foda, He'll surely move David Alaba out of the centre of defence and get him involved in the game more, you know, because when he got into those positions, he was a threat and he caused problems. So you can't have the best player in your side playing in the heart of defence. It's it's just unfathomable to me. But uh, they've also got Marco Arnautovic back after he was suspended for one game. So they'll have him back for this game against Ukraine. And he actually scored two goals in the last meeting between the two back in 2012, quite some time ago. But he is a goal threat for them. And, you know, if they want to progress and, and leapfrog Ukraine into that second spot, they're going to need Arnautovic, in my opinion. But at the same time, you know, a draw here wouldn't be bad for either side, as both nations sit on three points and both have won and lost against North Macedonia and the Netherlands, respectively. The bookies have factored this in, though, as, you know, you can expect to find most sites offering around evens for the draw, which is just unheard of, you know, the draw is quite often the highest price of those three selections, but they've factored this in, and I think a lot of people are expecting a draw. The bookies are definitely, definitely kind of compensating for that. They're thinking it's going to be a draw, hence the price. But, you know, and a point would probably satisfy both sides, because um, then they'd be on four points apiece, which would definitely be enough to claim one of the highest places 
third spot finishes you know going into the next round but the team that finishes second is most likely going to play Italy um, unless you know when when they play Wales if the Welsh can spring a surprise then the whole dynamic changes but if it's to be as expected like I said the runners-up will face Italy which is a very very tough game so you know it's difficult to kind of say I wouldn't like to sit back and, and think as him to play for a draw but those are the parameters that we're dealing with but you know Ukraine's games they're always exciting they always have goals but this one could be a little bit more reserved and Austria do create chances but their problem as we've already alluded to is taking them and finishing those chances they failed to be a top 50 ranked nation at the Euros in six attempts drawing one losing five of them um, and you know, they hit the target just once in eight attempts uh, when they played Holland or the Netherlands I should say and you can't help but feel that loss of Arnautovic up front for that game did hamper them somewhat and as I've said he's returned so he could lead the line in search of that all-important goal and if they can create enough chances I wouldn't be a surprise to see him take one take one of those and uh, put Austria in front but yeah it's got all the makings of, of a tentative affair for me so the play that I'm going to go with is a very small play on going one point on Ukraine to win simply for the price you will not see Ukraine going up against the likes of Austria at this price again and on DraftKings it's plus 260 and it's just it's massive it's a huge price and Whilst I know they might play for the draw, it's, I can't ignore that. You know, I, I just cannot fathom that two sides are going to go into a game more than happy just to play for the draw. Surely one of them is going to want to get the win. And if they're both up for it, I see Ukraine edging it. Um, but yeah, so like I said, the odds on Ukraine to win and, and to, in turn finish as runners-up, simply too big. And the bookies are banking on the fact that they want to draw and that these two sides are going to play for a draw. So I'm happy to be on the side of Ukraine uh, at these odds because um, I just can't imagine Shevchenko allowing his team to sit back and, and play out a boring game. It's just not It's not in his mentality. It's not his ethos. He wants to play football. He wants Ukraine to be attacking and he wants them to win games. So for me, plus 260 on Ukraine to win, small play of one point is definitely worth having. Next up, we have the other game in Group C. As North Macedonia make the trip to Amsterdam to take on the Netherlands at the Johan Cruyff Arena. Um with Macedonia, fair play to them for getting here in the first place, but I think everyone kind of knew they were there to make up the numbers. We're going to be the whipping boys somewhat, but they've performed for them, and as minnows of the tournament, they've performed very well, to be fair. You know, they stealed an early exit from uh, from their first ever major final in this competition. They lost 2-1 to Ukraine on the same day that uh, Netherlands beat Austria, so that kind of meant that, well, their fate was sealed for them. They're out of the tournament. They won't be progressing to the next round, but Andulovsky's side, you know, they, they play with freedom um, a lot of the time and, and they definitely can here. You know, there's nothing to play for for them. Netherlands are through, Macedonia are out. So it could be quite an expansive, open, stress-free game. Uh, and they're definitely fighters, you know, as evidenced by the, their goals in this tournament. They've scored in each game that they've played, um, sometimes against the odds as well. Um, they also had a shock win over Germany in March. So it proves they've got some talent in there. They can score goals. Um, but that result does appear to be a kind of one-off as their form against nations ranked close, you know, or between 6 and 26 top nations. For example, the Netherlands are in 6th and the sides around there, they've won 1 against Germany, drawn 1 and lost 7. Um, but they did score in 7 of those games, so they can find the back of the net. The problem is they can't stop them going in at the other end. And against this Netherlands side, it could be a very, very long night for them. Um, they've also seen over two and a half goals in four of their last five games. Looking a bit more with the Netherlands, though, it's uh, you know their first qualification to the knockout round since 2008. 
Um, and that's been secured as group winners. So I think Frank Devore, he might rotate his side in order to give a few players and a few key players a rest. But even a rotated squad should have what it takes to overcome this North Macedonia side. And like I said, it should be relaxed. There's no stress on it. There's nothing riding on it. So it's just it's a free hit, basically. Um, and often games like that, you do see goals because teams are relaxed and just want to have a good game of football. Um, but yeah, looking at the Netherlands even further... They've scored two plus goals in 11 of their last 12 European Championship games and that includes qualifiers and they're yet to concede in two head-to-heads on home soil, winning one and drawing one as well. Um, but they failed to score in four of their last six games versus nations ranked within 10 places of North Macedonia, which I found quite surprising. But we know how inconsistent Netherlands have been the past few years, but there's, I just don't see how there aren't goals in this game and probably more for Netherlands because they're efficient and they've still got quality throughout their sides even on the subs bench of players that they can bring in as well players that North Macedonia could only dream um, of having so the pick I'm going with is Netherlands to win and over two and a half goals and that's at minus 110 on bet 365 which I thought was a good bit of value again I'm not going mad with it simply because it's a nothing game there's nothing riding on it but I'll have maybe two points on that um, I do like Netherlands to win because I think they'll want to keep that momentum going into the next round. Um, and again, like I said, it's a free hit. They're already through. And Macedonia out and as such, I'm expecting rotation. I'm expecting goals. Um, and I'm expecting Dubois side to just breeze past this North Macedonia outfit. Up next, we have Russia against Denmark. Now, this is a very interesting game with quite a bit riding on it. It's taking place at the Parken Stadium in Copenhagen. Um, and looking a bit further into Russia... You know, they've taken only a slight advantage, really, um, of being at home in their first two Euro 2020 group matches, winning one and losing the other. But a draw here in Copenhagen could be enough to see them qualify via second place, thanks to their superior head-to-head -head record over Finland. Um, and knowing that Finland, um, they're not likely to take any points off Belgium in the other game, which we'll be discussing shortly. Russia just needs to avoid defeat here uh, to pretty much secure second spot. Eight of Russia's last nine matches have seen at least one goal either way before the break. You know, in that first half, that's when teams see goals against Russia. That's when Russia tend to score goals. Um, but yeah, looking at Denmark, I was very impressed with Denmark against Belgium. It was difficult to kind of judge how they were going to perform, given everything that's been going on with uh, with Christian Eriksen. Obviously, very pleasingly, it's been announced that he's been discharged from hospitals. So that's brilliant news. But yeah, it could have gone one way or the other. They could have still been a bit shell-shocked. Or, as they did, they could have come out and put on an absolute fantastic performance against Belgium with a host of chances. They took the lead early. Um, yeah, and it was a very impressive performance from, uh, from Denmark. In fact, nine of their last ten goals conceded have come in the second half of games. So they'll hope to do the damage early on uh, and try and keep things tight in the second half, in my opinion, to try and get through, you know, because they need a win if they've got a chance of getting through. And... Weirdly for Denmark, they've not trailed at half-time in 14 consecutive matches, winning eight and drawing six of those as well. You know, Denmark, yes, they lost 2-1 to Belgium last week, but they played so well in that first half, took the lead, and, and they still caused problems for Belgium in the second half. But it was only the introduction of Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard that saw the game kind of slip away from them. The Just the genius of Kevin De Bruyne. You know, with an assist within 10 minutes of coming on. And then he scored an absolute worldy goal with his left foot. Um, and it was just too much for Denmark to contain. And then they couldn't equalise either. So it was very unfortunate for them. But the pick that I'm going for in this game is on the Asian line. There's actually two picks I do quite like the look of. 
So the first one being over one first half goal on the Asian line on Bet365, which is at minus 108. Now, the beauty of this is I do believe there will be at least one first half goal. Um, so as long as there's one, we'll get our money back. But if there's two, it's a winner. As long as it's not goalless in that first half, we either get our money back or it wins. So my first pick for that one, around two points on over one first half goal on the Asian line on Bet365. My other pick is for over two and a half goals at plus 100. Uh, DraftKings is uh, pricing that up at. You know, Denmark needs to win this by two clear goals to stand a chance of going through. And they're going to attack Russia from that first whistle and try to make that first half count. So they were extremely dangerous against Belgium throughout and were somewhat unlucky not to get anything from the game. And Russia aren't Belgium. Um, their back line is not as strong as Belgium. The whole team is nowhere near as strong as Belgium. And as I've said, eight of Russia's last nine matches, seen at least one goal either way before the break. But Denmark do concede a lot of goals in the second half of games. But I think Denmark, they, I think they're going to come flying out of the blocks to try and get this win and get the game done early doors and really stretch that lead. But either way, I see this being an extremely exciting game with Russia trying to keep things compact and frustrating the Danes in Copenhagen. But I don't think they're going to be able to hold out and I do see goals in this game. So for my picks for the Denmark against Russia game, over one first half goal, Asian line and over two and a half goals. Next up, we've got Finland against Belgium. Now, this game doesn't have a lot riding on it, I'd say. Um, looking at Finland, after a pair of 1-0 results, Finland head into their final group game at the Gazprom in St. Petersburg, knowing only a win will guarantee them a round of 16 spot. But a draw would be enough should Russia lose to Denmark in their final fixture. So there's a kind of a lot riding on it for them. They just need to avoid defeat against this Belgium side. They're the 54th ranked nation, uh, and they're capable of making life uncomfortable for, for Belgium. So only one of their last six matches saw over two and a half goals. Interestingly, each of their last five head-to-heads with the Belgians also saw a lack of goals. And Finland have conceded in between the 46th and 60th minute in eight of their last 10 defeats. It seems to be just after half-time where they're most vulnerable. And as we saw for Belgium against Denmark after half-time when they made those changes with De Bruyne and Hazard, that was when they were most dangerous. So it'll be interesting to see if Finland can hold out in this period here. But early doors, first half, definitely. I think Finland will make it very, very tough for Belgium. Looking a bit further into them, Belgium's comeback versus Denmark, it booked their spot in the knockout phase. They're already there. Um, we've just, they all, In fact, all they need is a draw to guarantee top spot in Group B. And like I said, they came from behind to beat Denmark, which shows a lot of character. Um, but for 45 minutes, they look really ordinary. They didn't look the side that everyone thinks are going to go on and potentially win this, you know, ahead of France. They, they were very, very ordinary. Um, and then obviously, as we've already mentioned, Roberto Martinez brought on KDB and Hazard and just flipped the game completely on his head. Um, but yeah, they've not lost a game to any side currently out, outside of FIFA's top 20 since losing to Japan back in 2013. It's a bit of a random stat, but they do well against the Minnows. Sides that are nowhere near as good as them aren't, say, dining at the top table. They dispatch of them. They do. It's just... It's just the way that Belgium are. They don't make any mistakes against the lower teams. And they've got one defeat in 25 internationals, winning 21 and drawing three. And interestingly, in 17 of those, they covered the minus one handicap. They do score a hatful of goals. They don't shut up shop after going one or two nil up. They go looking for that next goal. But for me, I am going with under two and a half goals on this, which might sound strange considering what I've just said about Belgium. It's at minus 110 on bet 365. And reason why is there's a lot at stake in this one um, and whilst Finland ideally they need to win a point might be enough to see them through to the knockout stages 
Um, it's also landed in each of the last five meetings between these two nations. And with Belgium safely through, I think Martinez, he might opt to rest some of his key players ready for the knockout phase, such as a Lukaku, who's obviously an absolute danger up front. You know, he might give some minutes to, to KDB and Hazard, but overall, I think he's going to want to rest this side, knowing that they're essentially through. Um, and Finland, they don't tend to concede many goals, and five of their last six matches have witnessed fewer than three goals being scored. So for me, with Finland, you know, as I said, they've not conceded more than one goal in any of their last three matches. Belgium haven't scored more than one goal in any of their last six encounters with the Scandinavians. So, yeah, for me, I'm definitely going on under two and a half goals with this one. I just think it's going to be a frustrating one. I think Belgium will change their players. They will rotate. You know, Finland obviously need a result. So for me, the under two and a half goals is the play here at minus 110 on bet365. So those are the Monday games. I hope you've enjoyed the video ahead of some exciting matches in Euro 2020. Hopefully it's given you some insight ahead of Tuesday. And I'll be back soon to chat about even more games from the Euros. Follow both of my Twitter pages. You can follow the stats page, which is at CGeorgeGamble. And also follow my personal page, which is at George underscore CGG for my opinions on the football matches that are going on, as well as other insights too. But no, best of luck with all your picks. Enjoy the games and I'll speak to you soon.